0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, when God Amen. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. It's so good to see all of you. It's a pleasure to have our guests also with us today. Uh, we hope that you will feel at home among our community. As I explained last week, that we are embarking on on this journey together to understand more what St. Paul wrote in the epistle to the Romans, to the people, to the Christian community who lived in Rome at the time. Because the Christian education department in our diocese has made this curriculum for the entire communities that we have. So it is addressing Sunday school people but also adults at the same time. So I thought that we can use this opportunity as adults to learn, and to help our children when they start Sunday school to know more and to learn more and to reinforce the message that we are learning through his epistle. So, um, because it's a sermon, there's no interaction, there's no way you can ask questions, which I love to hear your questions as well. But that's why the Bible study on Zoom that's happening the first and third Tuesdays of the month are there to make it more interactive so that the same theme will go through those Zoom meetings so we can get together and also discuss more in-depth certain things that you have and certain questions that you might rise when you're doing the reading. So the first installment in this journey is mainly who is St. Paul and why he is this important in the uh, Christian tradition. It's not only our church in the Orthodox Church but in all Christianity, St. Paul was very influential. Actually, there are people who argue that if it was not for St. Paul, Christianity would not have spread around the world. So he wrote this letter to the people who lived in Rome around the uh, year 58, and he was himself beheaded and martyred in 68 AD. This was very early on in the uh, history of Christianity. But there are certain aspects of his life, of his personality that were important to understand so we can understand the epistles that he sent to different communities, but also to different people throughout his ministry. He was born Saul, Shawl in Arabic, and he was a Jew from Tarsus. Tarsus is a city in Asia Minor. This is now current-day Turkey and um, He was a Roman citizen, which was a big deal. You will see that this is very important in his ministry because he had civil rights, unlike all the other Jews who lived in Jerusalem. Remember that when Christ was crucified, crucifixion was only for the barbarians, not for the Roman citizens. So when Paul himself is going to be beheaded, like martyred, He was not crucified. He was killed with Peter. Peter was crucified. Paul was beheaded because he is a Roman citizen. So this is a very important aspect of who he was. At the same time, he was a very devout Jew. To the point where he was sent by his parents to Jerusalem to learn under a very well-known rabbi at the time, Gamaliel. And he learned the Jewish law very, very well to the point that not only he can recite the Old Testament, but he could recite some of the teachings that were on the Old Testament. So he knew so much of the Jewish law that he was able to, like he memorized all of this at the same time. On the other hand, because he was a Roman citizen, he lived outside within the Roman Empire, away from Jerusalem, he was very well educated in Greek. So he was able to read and write, he was literate, unlike so many of the people at that time. But also, he was able to recite poetry, which was very clear in his epistles. But also, he knew philosophy, Greek philosophy of the time. So he knew the Stoics, and he recites them. He talked about them in his epistles. Then, because he was a Pharisee, he was a very devout Jew, He was what we would call in our terms today, he was a fundamentalist. He was fine with violence against the Christians. So he was attending when they were stoning St. Stephen, the first deacon and the first martyr. He was there and he was fine with killing those who admitted that Christ came in the person of Jesus Christ. Now... With all his background, he was going to Damascus to do the same thing for the Christians who were in Damascus. I will refer to this term Christian and Jews later on. But keep in mind that when he went there, he saw a bright light, he was blinded, and then God showed up to him and telling him, go to Damascus, go into the city, and you'll find some person called Ananias, and he will baptize you, he will teach you. will tell you all the things that you don't understand and so Ananias will take him baptize him and teach him but the story itself of how this happened reflects what happened with all the prophets in the Old Testament so if you go to Jeremiah for instance the same story of God calling his prophet to go forward and spread his word to the world happened to the prophets in the Old Testament but it's the same story happened to Paul himself, which tells us something very important, that the prophet is not someone who tells the future. The prophet is someone who tells the Word of God. And this is exactly what Paul was doing. He was taking the Word of God and he was going out to spread it to the entire world. Now, when, when Ananias baptized him, a scale came out of his eye, which means that his perception was fogged, and now Ananias cleared everything for him, and he is able to understand something very important. He was not converting from a religion to another religion, he was not leaving Judaism and going to Christianity, as some people might think. Those lines were not very clear at that time. Christians were the people who believed that the Messiah that they were waiting for actually was came in the person of Jesus Christ. So they continue to be Jews, but they believe that the Messiah that they were waiting for has already come. For him, this is exactly what the conversion of Paul happened. He changed from, I am expecting the Messiah to arrive, and now I believe that the Messiah has arrived, and now everything that I know in the Old Testament makes sense because here's the person who did everything that applies to him. So he was very influential by going around, establishing churches in different areas, including Antioch as the first big city that he was there with Peter. But also he went all the way to Spain and was preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. He also wrote letters because this was his social media at the time where he communicated with people away and led them through his letters and that's why we see he gives instructions about certain things that happen in these communities and meant for them to correct them. Now as I said, he was martyred by being beheaded, not crucified. Peter was crucified because he was a a Roman citizen and that happened in the year 68. Now as I said, Paul was very uniquely equipped. He was very well educated, he was Greek, and he knew the Jewish law. He was a Pharisee and he knew so much of the Old Testament and the interpretation of the Old Testament. This is what this was very, very important. It shows in his letters in so many ways. He was chosen by God as we saw on the road of Damascus, but also there was the first ecumenical council in Jerusalem, we hear about this in the book of Acts, and they commissioned Paul to go out to the Gentiles because he was able to speak Greek, they told him, go and preach the gospel to those who speak Greek. And so he went out and preached them, preached to them. One thing that we sometimes overlook is that he was not one of the 12 disciples of Christ. That's another thing. But every hymnology of the church, every hymn that we have in the church about the apostles and every icon, of the Apostles has St. Paul in there, because he was considered to replace Judas who betrayed the Lord. So although he was not technically among the twelve disciples who were chosen in the beginning, but God chose him later, now all the icons in the Orthodox Church has Paul in them as one of the twelve. Notice something about Paul as well. Ananias, when he heard from the Lord, go and take this guy. And Ananias was in kind of debating with God. This guy is persecuting the Christians. How do you want me to go to him? He's going to kill me. And the Lord says to him in the dream, go for he is a chosen vessel for me, for mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So being an apostle means that you will suffer for my name's sake. It, it, it comes with the job. It's in the job description. So to be an apostle, you have to bear so much for my name's sake. But because of that, he was relatable. As you see, he was going to talk to kings. Because he was a Roman citizen, he was able to talk to people who are rulers, who are in a position of authority, because he was a Roman citizen. But who was also able to relate to the Jews and the Greeks, to men and women, to people who are literate and illiterate, but most important also he was able to relate to slaves, because he considered himself as a slave for Christ. So he knows what slavery means if he takes it on his own shoulder. He is very influential to the point that he wrote 14 books of the 27 books of the New Testament. So he has a great influence on entire uh, holy Bible and holy books that we receive as Christians in our church. One thing that I wanted to mention, that there was no separation between Jews and Christians at the time. This is important to keep in mind. The Christians are the t- at the time were the people who believed that the Messiah that they were waiting for, was actually come in the person of Jesus Christ. So here's what happened. They continued to go to the synagogue on Saturday evening. Christians and Jews went to the synagogue on Saturday evening to listen to the Old Testament, to study the Old Testament, to hear it and to learn about the interpretation of the Old Testament. And on Sunday, the day of the Lord, they come together and celebrate The Eucharist, the Thanksgiving, they break the bread and share in the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This will come in the book of Romans that we will be reading. But this is an important piece of information to remember that at that time there was no separation between Christianity and Judaism until very later on that this happens. The last thing that I want to leave you with, and we heard the story from the Gospel about the stewards who were given the land to cultivate it and give it back to the Lord, to the owner. We are those servants. We are stewards of our own gifts and the things that are given to us. Like Paul, he has unique abilities. He had unique abilities to reach out and bring the good news to the world. And the question is, we're not probably at the scale of Paul himself but we are invited from the day of our baptisms to be the apostles to the world around us. Baptisms are not magical acts or just social events. They are an invitation for each and every one of us to be the apostles to go out to the world where we live in our own context. So the question that we have left with today is that what are the gifts that we have that we recognize we should be using to spread the good news of Jesus? And do we recognize our calling? What are the things that we can do every day to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world around us? I hope and pray that by doing this, we all can grow spiritually to the point where we recognize how God is working in our lives, and recognize the talents and the gifts that we receive so that we use them for Him, but also that we can recognize how God Himself is using us to work in the world and in the context where we live ourselves. Amen.